Welcome to Your Best Riding Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Riders Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so glad you're listening in today. Guess what we're sharing on? Writing, humor, I know. Funny, isn't it? But I will tell you that my industry expert is so good at this, and she's so good at teaching us how we can fold in those elements of humor into our writing. So even if you don't think that you're natural at it, I've been told by Amy, there are aspects everyone can learn. My industry expert today is Amy A.C. Williams. Amy is a coffee-drinking, sushi-eating, storytelling nerd who loves cats, country living, and all things Japanese. She'd rather be barefoot, and if she isn't, yeah, her socks will never match. Amy likes her road trips with rock music, her superheroes with snark, and her blankets extra fuzzy. But her first love is stories and the authors who are passionate about telling them. Please welcome with me, if you will, Amy A.C. Williams, to your best writing life. It is so good to have you back, Amy. Hey, Linda. I'm so glad to be here. I tell you, we're going to have a good time today, whether we want to or not. That's exactly right. (laughs) All right. So here it is. We are talking today about writing humor. And I know that you have identified four types of humor that writers should know about. So Just share with us what we need to know, and I'm anxious to hear it. I'm excited to share this. Writing humor is something that I'm really passionate about. I love to laugh. Laughing is is just such a gift. I'm so grateful that God created us with the ability to laugh and that he created humor. It (laughs) It makes life so much easier when you can just laugh about something. And uh, so when I started writing, you know, I just really wanted to find a way to make people laugh. It's one of my it's one of my favorite things to do. And so as I have been reading over the years and paying attention to what happens in other books and that other writers do, I kind of have started just keeping note of different types of humor, different types of of comedy that show up. And this this can work in all sorts of uh, different media. I mean, this could be in novels, this could be um, in radio shows, this could be on television shows, in movies. But I kind of lumped them all into to four separate categories. And now these these are my categories. So <laughs> there may be an expert out there on humor that has other categories or might define them differently. But for for our purposes, for for the purpose of storytelling, and this can be storytelling that's fiction or nonfiction, uh, these are the four types of humor that I've identified. And the thing that that's important to remember is some of these categories of humor are great for writers, and and some of them are not. Some of them are ones that are much more difficult to do when you're trying to write humor. That's important to recognize as well. So the very first type of humor that, again, that's on my list is what I call shock value humor. Um, Nine times out of 10, you're going to find shock value humor, usually with stand-up comedians or 
usually sometimes you'll see it on on sitcoms basically what shock value humor is is well frankly it's sometimes it's the use of profanity or it's the use of like a vulgar story something that's unexpected that shocks you into laughter and while of course i don't want to disparage anyone um who who tells stories for a living or who is part of an artistic group of some kind i personally i have not chosen to use shock value humor in any of my any of my writing it's just not something that's not the path that i really want to go down and i kind of find that there are better ways to make people laugh <sighs> And I don't know, I don't know if this makes sense or not, but for me, shock value humor, like, yeah, it might make me laugh at times, but it doesn't, it doesn't really produce like a, a warm, fuzzy feeling in me. And I don't know if anybody's ever experienced this where, oh, like, okay, maybe a good example would be like the Carol Burnett show. I caught all the reruns when I was a kid. She was funny. Carol Burnett was funny. Or... Uh, Victor Borga, who was a fantastic piano player, but he was also a comedian. And they had a brand of humor. Some of it was, they had some moments of shock value, but the vast majority of what they would do was wholesome. And with that kind of humor, it just sort of gave me this wonderful, warm, fuzzy feeling. And it made me keep laughing about it, even after the story was done. And those are the types of humor that I want to use not the the sort of the shock value that that is sort of there and then gone so can i kind of insert something here yeah Amy, because as you're as you're sharing that with me there's a phrase that just kept going over in my head over in my head uh-huh. this type of shock value humor is something that makes people uncomfortable and they laugh because they don't know what else to do that's exactly right so it's one of those where they're kind of looking around going, other people are laughing. I guess I should laugh. I don't know yeah. how to deal with this. Now, maybe not everyone in the room feels that way. But for me, if I'm uncomfortable with what was just said, mm-hmm. then something's not right. Exactly. And I don't know, again, I I might be I might be old fashioned about this, but I kind of feel like as a culture, we have moved more toward the shock value mm-hmm. type of humor, which is, I think it's a cheap laugh. It's, th- there's there's no foundation for it. There's no uh, significance to it other than the fact the entire purpose of it is to offend or to just make somebody go, wow, I can't believe you said that sort of right. a thing. And I have known, and again, there's exceptions to every rule. I know many people who have used a variation of shock value humor to bring light and encouragement to people. So I've seen it done, but you want to be very careful. And you really also want to make sure you know your audience. And that's that's mm. probably the lesson to take away from this, yes. is that if if you are speaking to an audience that is comfortable with shock value humor, it might be more acceptable. But generally speaking, the other three types of humor are also acceptable and you don't have to resort to shock value humor. Speaking of that, we'll go ahead and just move into the second type that I've identified, and that is physical comedy. Some people would call it slapstick. 
uh, I'll, mm -hmm. the first person, the first person for me, and I'm going to show kind of how much of a nerd I am here. The first person who comes to mind when I think of physical comedy is Jackie Chan. He's this fantastic kung fu guy who does these amazing movies where, my goodness, the physical feats that this man is capable of doing. Even now, he's in his 60s now, I think, maybe 70s. And the, he still does many of his own stunts. And he set out to make movies that were action movies, but the fight scenes were never supposed to be serious. He wanted to kind of make light of them. They were intended to be funny, kind of like Charlie Chaplin as well. Mm. The funny falls, the the trick falls and the the stunts and the running into things or banging into walls. There's all sorts of examples. America's Funniest Home Videos made a living off of physical humor. <laughs> I yes. mean, most of it was most of it was unintentional. Um, but, you know, there is something amusing about people falling down. And I, I don't really know what it is, but it is funny. <laughs> the problem with physical humor when it comes to writing is that it's very hard to describe. Mm. Sure, you can tell a story about something funny that happens and you can describe it, but you have to describe it in just the right way with just the right timing so that people understand that it's a joke, not not just that you're telling and laughing about somebody who ran into a wall and broke their nose. You know, I mean, it's it's a timing thing and it is it takes a lot of practice. So usually it's not a good idea to try to do physical humor when you're writing a book. Of course, there are always exceptions, but it's, it's a good precaution until you get really comfortable with the idea of writing humor. So those two, shock value humor and physical humor, normally I don't recommend as anything that you use in fiction. Again, there are exceptions, but think twice before you start with them. Now, these other two, however, are perfectly suited for authors, either nonfiction or fiction. And these two types of humor are one, situational humor, and two, character-based humor. Now, situational-based humor, it's really exactly what it sounds like. You are writing a story or telling a story about a funny situation, a, a vegan butcher. I mean, uh, he could, he could, he doesn't have to be a funny character. Make a, a, a guy who runs a butcher shop who suddenly decides to become a vegan. That's funny. I mean, and all of his interactions would be funny, even if he as a character is not funny. Just the situation that you put him in is funny. I love, <laughs> I love situation humor. I'll talk about this a little bit more when I'm giving some examples, but I have a series of books about this clumsy church secretary and she's sarcastic, but she isn't exactly what I would call a funny character. The problem is things just happen to her that don't happen to anybody else. She gets arrested by mistake and she gets thrown into prison and her dad, who's a pastor, has to come and bail her out of jail at 3 a.m. Um, she runs into all of these crazy situations and the fact that she is having to deal with them is funny. And the crazier the situation, the funnier the story becomes. Again, it's not necessarily that she is a funny character. It's just that what she is experiencing is funny. Since we're on situational humor, you know, I'll, let me just go ahead and talk about some of the, the ways that I've identified 
sure. to write situational humor. Would that be okay? Oh, that'd be great. Um, that'd be great. Okay, cool. So the first tip that I have about writing situational humor is to look at life. Look at your own life. Kind of take a step back and be rational. You know, try try to separate yourself from your life and look at it as somebody who is looking at your life from a from an outsider's point of view. And be willing to acknowledge that you live a weird life because everybody, everybody has some amount of weird. Now, it may be your normal, so it may not be weird to you, but I guarantee it's weird to somebody else. And you can take those things in your life and use them as a funny situation or at least as a building block to create a funny situation in a story that you're telling. So look at your life. That's the first thing. The okay. second thing is listen to your friends. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, Linda, but I, I have lots of friends in my life who things just happen to. I have so many friends who experience the craziest things that I don't ever have to make anything up. I can just borrow their stories. And that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of sort of the, the running gag about my, my church secretary books, my funny book series is 50% of it is real stories of things that actually happened to a friend of mine. I don't have to make up anything. I just can kind of steal the stories from these crazy people I know. So listen to the people around you and ask for permission before you exploit their life story for your fictional <laughs> pursuits. But, <laughs> but, you know, there are funny stories everywhere. So that's number two. The third one... <laughs> Listen to the news. <laughs> oh, girl. There are there are really dumb criminals out there. <laughs> so, like, if you're writing a, a, a comedy thriller or something and you need funny bits and pieces for a heist novel, <laughs> just watch the news about some of the dumb criminals that, <laughs> that are in the world. Oh, my goodness. There's so much they, information. They will show themselves. They will. They will. Oh, my goodness. It's hysterical. And, and it doesn't even have to be crime. Um, my city, I live in Wichita, Kansas, and we made the news some time ago for, and I don't, I don't want to go into detail, but if you, <laughs> you can Google Wichita, Kansas, Home Depot bomb threat, and it will get you a really funny story. Now, it might fall more into the category of shock value, but... <laughs> Of all the things for us to be known for, I just, Wichita can't ever get on the news for a good reason. Anyway, if you're curious <laughs> and want to know about the bomb threat in the Home Depot in Wichita, you can Google that. But watch the news because people are silly and they're crazy and they do silly yes. things. Finally, you notice I'm a lot of this is listening and observing. Sure. And that's, and that's really 95% of where I get my ideas, the people around me, the people in my life, the things they're going through. Of course, I change some details. I'm not writing biographies here, but you can gain inspiration from the craziness around you. Mm -hmm. And the fourth, the fourth tip when it comes to this, though, is you really want to adjust it for your audience. Adjust the story, adjust it for the people you know who are going to enjoy it, adjust it for your brand, and just because the story you're hearing that your friend is telling you or that you saw on the news or that you've observed in your own life, just because it happened that way, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use it exactly that way. Mm. Change it, That's twist good. it, 
be creative. If you're writing a series, take the details or take the the basics of that story and twist it, make it fit into the story that you're already telling. I mean, I had to do that with the latest book of my Trisha Lee series that's coming out in June, where I had been given an idea of a crazy situation to use for it, but it wouldn't have worked if I just took it as it was given to me. I had to adjust it based on the story, based on my personal brand and the brand of the series, and as well as the audience that was going to be reading it. It is an idea, and you can change the idea however you feel it suits. Make sure that you take advantage of the creativity that the Lord has given you and have fun with it. If you think it's funny, there's a pretty good chance that somebody else will think it's funny too. That's just some information on situational humor. The fourth type of humor is character-based humor. Now, as we were saying at the very beginning, shock value humor is sort of generally considered the cheapest brand of humor. Okay. Character-based humor is actually considered the highest form of comedy. It is when you create a character, whether it's for a fiction novel or a nonfiction novel, it can because you can have characters in your nonfiction novels or nonfiction novels. That's kind of a not that doesn't work <laughs> in your nonfiction project. Um, right. <laughs> you take your characters and if you create a funny character then you don't have to worry about creating a situation for that character to be in so that it's funny. The character will make every situation funny. Mm. They will take a boring situation and it will be funny. They will take a tense situation and make it funny. It, it doesn't matter what situation you put them in. They could be bargain shopping at a garage sale or they could be on a heist in a, a Swiss bank. And if it's a funny character, they will bring humor and lightheartedness to the story automatically just by virtue of the fact that they're funny. I love character humor, but it's hard. It's very mm. difficult to do. It takes a lot of forethought to be able to create a funny character. I have another book series. It's, it's my superhero series. And there is a character in that series bless him. His name is Carl and he's from Oklahoma and he is hysterical. Carl is one of those gifts that comes to, to a fiction writer who appears in your mind fully formed and entirely himself. And like, I didn't have to do any developmental work on this lunatic. He just sort of popped up in the back of my brain and started telling me his life story. And so I'd got my notepad and just started writing it down because he's gold. And I can put him in any situation. He's a superhero, for pity's sake. I mean, so he's in all sorts of crazy, tense situations and dealing with terrifying monsters and terrifying villains, and and he is still utterly hysterical. And it brings this really wonderful breath of fresh air into what would be sometimes a very heavy type of story. And so... If you can create a funny character, you're good to go. I did write down a couple of examples okay. of, of how to create a funny character. The number one thing that I usually try to keep in mind when I'm creating a funny character is to use extremes. Characters, especially in fiction, 
it's okay if they're a little bit of a caricature of of reality. Okay. <laughs> and actually what what I see with a lot of new writers especially is that they tend to censor themselves a little bit. They tend to make characters but they aren't passionate enough about anything. Mm. And so what you really want in a memorable character is someone who's larger than life. Someone who comes across as big and bold. And you can even do big and bold, even if you have characters who are supposed to be small. There are elements that you can bring to their design that will make them stand out and make them memorable, even if they're not like extroverts who are supposed to be crazy all the time. But when when you're writing a funny character, it's a good idea to use extremes. They need to be loud. They need to be crazy. They need to be bouncy. Or they need to be grumpy. I don't know if I have any sisters out there who adore grumpy characters. I love, I love grumpy characters. And I don't know what it is about that, but they just speak to me. <laughs> I think I think it's like my my inner 80-year-old that just sort of takes over and, and I just identify with them when they're just they're just done. <laughs> they, they don't want to deal with drama and they don't want to deal with crazy people and they don't want to pay their taxes and <laughs> I'm just like I feel you. <laughs> and and so but but it can't just be a little sentence or a tiny little little note about how they react to something. It's got to be big. It's got to make a difference. It's got to be an extreme demonstration of what they're feeling and how they're feeling it and how they express it. And there is something about extremes that are funny. One of the things I love about Carl is that that boy, he says the things that I think in my head that I would never say out loud, ever. Those are fun characters. And I don't know if, if you know people like that who they'll just kind of blurt out something. They have no filter. Yes. They lack no filter. the filter. Yes. And on one yes. hand, you're like, I can't believe you said that. And on the other hand, you're like, I'm so glad you said that. Because <laughs> I really wanted to, I but I never would have. Exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> so embrace the extremes when it comes to creating a funny character. The other thing this is not exactly intuitive, but when you create a funny character, try to use contradicting personality quirks. Okay. So some of the things that intrigue us about characters are you can see what they're like on the outside, but once you get to know them a little bit better, they're completely different on the inside. Mm. Or again, well, okay, let's go back to our vegan butcher. I mean, that's... That in itself, it would be a funny situation, but it would also make for a really funny character as well. Maybe he comes from a family of carnivores and then because of, I don't know, a blood pressure issue, he had to become a vegan and or, or something. They are they are two concepts, two personality issues or characteristics that don't fit. Mm. And it's funny. Another example that immediately comes to mind as far as a funny character is Jack Sparrow off oh, yes. of the Pirates of the Caribbean. He's he, that is a he is a fascinating one to analyze because he's a pirate. I mean, he's he's a, a swashbuckler. I, he'll stab people and 
steal things and and can be very, very serious at times. But then all of a sudden he'll switch around and just be a complete dork. And a lot of his body language and, and his physical humor, again, because it's a visual media, it's easier to do physical humor there. But there are a lot of things about Jack Sparrow that don't exactly mesh when you think about trying to be consistent. He is equally graceful and clumsy. He's a smooth talker, but he's awkward. It's those contradictory points in his character that not only make him intriguing and memorable, they also make him funny. Think about that when you're trying to create a funny character. Another thing that you can do, so point three for this, is to give them a funny backstory. Um, well, and I mean, maybe this is a better, the vegan butcher is probably a better example for this one, is like uh, they come from a long line of basket weavers, like all of their family was basket weavers. And then they decided to become a kite maker or a blacksmith or something a glass blower. Yeah, glass blower. <laughs> there you go. I'd read that. That's hilarious. And and just give give them give them a funny backstory so that, you know, wherever situation they're in right now <laughs> has, has so far removed from anything they knew when they were younger. And that makes it funny. Those are all things to think about when you're creating a funny character. And then one more thing, one more thing. This isn't exactly a, a point on creating a funny character, but this is a this is a tip. I find this very useful. It's relationship dynamics. Mm. When it comes to writing character humor, it helps, especially if you if you can have a foil for your character. If you can have somebody who is their opposite or somebody who can call them on their silliness when they're being goofy, um, if somebody who could hold them to account. Mm -hmm. And that gives you an opportunity to have sort of a, a back and forth dialogue. And that often can be very funny. I have, I have two characters in my superhero series, one who is the grumpiest grumpy cat you've ever met, and the other one who is just full of himself. He's a horrible person, really. And the mean one, the mean guy, is no fun. He's just not a fun character. But if I put him with the grumpy cat, who who they can bounce off of each other and have really funny conversations, suddenly both of them become likable. Mm. So it's there there is a skill in taking two characters who are very different from each other and putting them in scenes together so that they bring out the best of each other. Mm. I like and if you have a character who is difficult to work with or who who is not likable on their own, put them with a funny character or put them with their opposite. And you will begin to see those char that character develop more of a personality that's likable because we've all been in that situation. And it, it makes a big difference if you've got a foil for that character. So it can even be, you know, almost like a humorous romance type of thing oh, yes. where you have the oh, guy yes. that is, you know, everyone is just like, oh, well, he's 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 that guy and he's great. But when he gets around the girl that turns his head, he falls all over himself. He doesn't know That's how to exactly behave. Right. He trips up. He does all of this. And it's all because she's touched that place 
where he's lost control and doesn't know how to deal with it, but it becomes very humorous and she taps into that humor and embraces him instead of criticizing him for it or something. Have you seen the movie Hitch? It's a, it's a Will Smith movie. Yes. Yes. It's, I, I love that movie for, there's a lot of reasons, reasons. One, I mean, I really, I like Will Smith to begin with, but it is really an excellent study in the contradictory character elements because you've got Will Smith and he's like a relationship coach. Right. And so he's got all of this advice on how to be smooth and how to be suave and how to be, how to be the man, you know, how to get a girl. And then when he goes on a date with somebody that he's really attracted to, he, he forgets everything. He has right. no idea how to follow his own advice. And it's, it's a fun movie. And it's just, I think it's a, I don't usually go for romantic comedies, but it's, I think that that's a good one to watch, especially if you're curious about how to develop character and uh, character dynamics and relationship dynamics specifically. Hitch is a good example of that. Those are things that I've noticed over the years just in trying to write funny stories because humor is hard. I was talking to a missionary friend. She's in language school, and I didn't realize this, but when it comes to learning a second language, the last step before you reach fluency in that language is understanding humor. Wow. Because with because humor is different in every culture mm-hmm. because a lot of it is based on idiom. A lot of That's it is right. based on language eccentricities. A lot of it is based on geography to a certain extent. And of course, the history of that culture and where they came from and how they developed. And humor is split second. It is It happens instantaneously. And a lot of times you don't even know why it's funny, but it's mm-hmm. hysterical and you're laughing. And before you can achieve humor in that language or be in completely fluent, you've got to master humor. And it's the last step because it's so hard. Mm. It's it's not something that we really think about very often, no. but humor is difficult. And that's what I, I always try to encourage people who want to write funny things, but can't seem to do it to give themselves some grace because <laughs> humor is hard to do, but there are things that you can learn. There are tips and tricks that you can learn that will help you bring lightheartedness into any story that you want to tell. When you talk about the lightheartedness and it is needed in many cases, what about those tough topics? Ah, yeah. And because I think if you've got a really tough nonfiction or even a tough, tough topic in a fiction piece, some people may want to just rush through it, get over it so that they really don't have to address it. But in order for someone to really be drawn in that element of breath that can be brought in to me can be done with humor written well. Would you agree with that or how would you address that? Absolutely. One of the things that I love about humor is that it makes us lower our guard. When we get to laughing about something, it's, it's actually good for us. You know, it, it, people who laugh a lot, are, are just healthier people. Um, scripture has it right that, you know, laughter is, is health for your bones. Mm-hmm. And when you can get somebody to laugh about something, they're more likely to listen to what you have to say about mm-hmm. something serious. It's not about a sucker punch. 
It's not about, let's be strategic here and make them laugh, and then we'll sneak up behind them and knock them over with the truth. I mean, you can do it that way, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, Not if you want your audience to trust you. And again, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and use my book series as an example because I know it the best. But this church secretary book series, the, the series is called The Misadventures of Trisha Lee. And I never intended to write it. It was not something that I wanted to write, but it kind of landed on me. And it was it was important for me to write it. This was back in 2014 that I learned that in our community here in Wichita, we have a huge human trafficking problem. Mm. I, I had no idea. It was a foreign concept to me. I mean, of course, I had heard about it, but I thought, well, for sure, that's only something that happens in you know, big, big cities you know, like Vegas or New York City or whatever. No, no, no. Wichita is we're smack dab in the very center where all of the highways and byways intersect. And so everything comes through here. We're a massive hub for human trafficking. And back in 2014, I was like, is this something that anybody knows about? And so I started asking people, people at church, people, you know, I would run into at coffee shops, people I knew at work. I would ask them, did you know this? Did you know this about our fair city? And most of them didn't. They had wow. no idea. And so I thought to myself, well, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I am going to write a story about human trafficking and I'm going to make it a romantic comedy. <laughs> wow. And and because I I thought, well, what that's that's so dark and that's so heavy. Uh, how can I write a story about that that people will want to read? The truth is nobody wants to read a heavy story. I mean, maybe some people say they do, but especially now in our post COVID world, everybody kind of just wants a happy ending. We want to sit down and read something that's going to make us laugh, or at least give us some kind of hopeful, inspired feeling. And a straight book about human trafficking isn't going to do that. So in comes my clumsy church secretary. And where her situational-based humor, where she just ends up in all these situations that she can't control helps to introduce or bring awareness to the problem without focusing on the problem. And so it gives you the opportunity to laugh along with them, to experience an adventure alongside them. That's pretty ridiculous, if I'm honest. But at the same time, acknowledge that this is, a, this is an issue in our city. And it gave me an open door to be able to talk about it with people. And there's There's a note at the back of that book that introduces people to some of the organizations that had just started that were making a difference on the streets. Mm. And now here we are, you know, my goodness, seven years later. Mm. And and I don't know. I don't know if if my book had anything to do with it. But Finding Fireflies came out in 2015 and it hit at exactly the right time. Wow. Um, and I partnered with one of the agencies that was on the ground doing some of this work. And now everybody knows about it. It's an mm-hmm. issue that everybody in the city is now aware of. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't I don't think I had anything to do with it. I was just very fortunate enough to to the Lord brought it across, brought it to me at the time when I could do something about it. But what that did 
that first book and its success led to book two and now book three, which is coming out in June. And what that has allowed me to do is to deal with different social issues in our city with this really funny character who has all these funny adventures. And then at the end, I get to put in an author's note and point people to these organizations and these nonprofits who are really making a difference in people's lives. Mm. And there's a whole nother topic about writing about gritty, edgy stuff, which I'm, I'm in favor of that too. And we can talk about that next time. But there is a place for writing about serious topics using humor because it opens a door and makes people more receptive to it. You don't have to be graphic. You don't have to focus your entire story on it, but you can have your characters affected by it. And it opens the door for you to speak into it. And so that is how I like to use humor to write about tough topics. Hmm. That is so good. You have covered so much during this time. I, I hope you'll come back. Oh, always. I love talking to you. <laughs> and I love listening to you. So that makes oh, us, yay. Yeah, we, it's a good team. This works It works out well then. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amy. And thank you, friends, for joining us. And, you know, there's times we just need to have that added humor in our life and in our writing. And if we can do it well, we can break down barriers. I really liked how Amy said that, that in difficult writing, humor will break down barriers and mm -hmm. just allow us to experience maybe what God is, is trying to show us or to help us walk through a, a difficult time. So I firmly believe in that. I really do. I greatly appreciate her being here and sharing that with us. If you would today, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. Because as you know, what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.